views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from running your life? Join award-winning author Dr. Friedemann Schaub from Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools and approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. This is the time to empower yourself. Now, here's your host, Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. As she so nicely said, I'm your host, Dr. Friedman Schaub, and I welcome you to another hour of just talking about the things in life that we may avoid at times, the challenges that we rather not want to look at, and maybe also the challenges that other people have that we judge or we feel like there is nothing we can do, especially if they are about our kids. Now, today I want to talk about something that's very dear to my heart because there are a lot of people I know, clients, but also friends and kids of friends that are struggling exactly with that, which is the so-called anxiety of millennials. Now, what that basically means is like the anxiety that has been really running high between the young adults that are born in the 80s and 90s. Now, every generation was eyed with some suspicion and criticism by the one before, and uh, I really remember very well how my father certainly looked at my generation and, uh, you know, had not the very nicest things to say about them because he was, right, uh, well, he was actually a young man in the Second World War and uh, they had to rebuild and had to start new and had to also deal with all the horrors and traumas that uh, they had experienced during World War II. And so, My generation, I was born in 65, was certainly looking much more as the spoiled ones that uh, just have it easy. They don't really have to create a lot of new things. They can just uh, place their life on that, what the parents had so hard worked for. And on top of it, they're not very grateful. But, you know... I believe there is no other generation that has been judged as harshly as the millennials. They are called lazy, selfish, entitled, immoral, weak, the me generation. These are just some of the attributes, uh, attributes, uh, you know, the baby boomers used to describe this generation of their children. And I don't think that it's really surprising that the millennials are struggling with anxiety 
because a recent study found that about 30 to 50% of millennials either suffer from anxiety disorder, have trouble sleeping, or have panic attacks. And today, I really want to explore why. I mean, there are the obvious reasons that we can all read about, but there are maybe some deeper reasons for why so many 18 to 35-year-olds are struggling with stress and anxiety. Now, if you are one of those, or if you know someone and you really want to just get some help, some insights, some information on what you can do to help, you can either use the chat box on the uh, Transformation Talk radio website, or you just call in 888-418-6890. Again, this is 888-418-6890. Now, I asked, because, you know, I'm not the youngest and I'm certainly not the oldest, but I may be a little bit out of touch with millennials, so I asked a 30-year-old client of mine to just write about her observations and reflections on why millennials are anxious, and, and what she came up with was really spot on and in line with most of the research I found and most of that what my clients are telling me about their struggles. And so here's what she wrote, a few things I would like to read to you. Let's start with technology. She says, technology unrecognizably altered the way things are done and the pace at which they are done. There are so many apps, fads, and trends to keep up with. God forbid you're using the wrong messenger app or the bit more jing after it's no longer cool. The news cycle moves like it's trying to break the sound barrier, and if your friends don't hear from you for a day or two, they think you're dead or you ghost them. And then there's the fear of missing out. All the social media lets your friends advertise how much more fun they are having than you at any given moment. There's a lot of pressure to find the coolest thing to do or at least to look like you did. Now, I think... You know, this is something we certainly are aware of. Not only that technology and uh, with all the gadgets and all the screens is omnipresent and not only with millennials, but uh, it becomes more and more a form of obsession to leave the house with at least one of those little screens. But for millennials, especially that were kind of born into this technology, Apparently, they spent about, on average, 3.2 hours a day on their phone. That's almost 24 hours, a full 24-hour day per week, being glued to a tiny screen. And 93% of millennials admit that they regularly use phones at night in bed or while in the bathroom. Well, what creates actually anxiety when we're looking at a little tiny screen? Well, this overuse of technology, with this feeling of you are not really easy or not really relaxed when you don't check your text or you don't respond right away to a message or you haven't really looked at social media in the last 10 minutes, that can actually create OCD-like behavior. It's an obsession. And, you know, neurologically and psychologically, it's an obsession that makes you feel somehow more in control. It makes you feel somehow safer. 
And as we know, with any kind of OCD behavior, it is something that it feeds itself and it becomes more and more a necessity in your life. Now, it also creates, when you're looking at these screens, it creates in the pleasure centers of your brain a kind of stimulation as if we are taking drugs. And this stimulation is asking, similar to when we are taking drugs, more. It wants more. It's creating an addiction. And that addiction is something that, you know, is more recently becoming to the forefront as a major reason why people that are using this, you know, technology and phones more and more, that their behavior becomes worse, that they can actually no longer really be without it because it is this uh, this brain stimulation that just demands to get stimulated again. Now, another reason why this use of technology and being so focused on it and living in the virtual world of social media is creating anxiety is the sense of isolation. You're immersed in a world that is not really three-dimensional and it is still very stimulating. Your subconscious mind makes you feel like, well, I'm in it. Yes, they are in Mexico. That's great. I'm right there. I see the pictures. Oh, how fun. And of course, there may be a little jealousy and a little insecurity because you're not there. And at the same time, when you put the phone down, you look around and you may be in rainy Seattle and you just may feel lost. You may feel disconnected from what's around you. It's like when you are in a movie for three and a half hours, you know, Star Wars or so, and you go out and all of a sudden you have a hard time to adjust to that world without computers and special hairy beings that you saw there. So there is something also about that, that we, when we use a phone all the time, do to ourselves, that disconnection from the world and that somehow feeling uprooted and uh, feeling out of center. Apparently also when we are using these uh, technical devices all the time and rely heavily on them, we are losing social skills. They become diminished because we are so used to express ourselves in sound bites and in tweets rather than having real conversations that when we are actually sitting face to face with someone, we, we don't really know what to do. And you can see that. I mean, so many, especially younger people, are sitting together, maybe in a cafeteria, but they're not talking. They are just looking at their screens. It's easier maybe even to communicate to each other while sitting next to each other via text than look into each other's face. And that kind of lack of social skills creates, again, more insecurity and anxiety. And then there is, of course, also that sense of not being able to focus. Because one of the things about uh, any technology device now is that you can simply swipe it away. I mean, how often do you think that your reality kind of stinks and wouldn't it be nice if you could just swipe it right and uh, put it away? Well, that's what technology does. You look at something, 30 seconds, maybe it holds your attention and then you swipe it off and off to the next thing. And so our brain gets completely overstimulated. Our mind doesn't any longer know what information to hold on to, what to compute, and especially how to prioritize. And so that focus on really knowing this is what I want, 
just disappears because everything appears equally important and everything appears equally in the forefront of your mind. You get immersed in it. And so at some point, since the, your subconscious is looking for that, what you really want, it becomes anxious because you never really come to a conclusion. It The whole technology thing do it because you know you look better and uh, you're a cowboy or you're elegant and and nobody really wanted to believe that it actually causes cancer and i think with technology it's very similar on some level it feels like that technology is creating maybe at the beginning that sense of yes this is what we do we are modern we're chic but ultimately it may create bigger problems than we are even now able to estimate and so when we come back after the break, we will talk about another issue that creates, especially with millennials, but not only them, a great sense of anxiety. And I have a special guest who will talk about an event that he has created that can help you to find more purpose in your life. We will be right back. Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from running your life? Join award-winning author Dr. Friedemann Schaub for Empowerment Radio and learn breakthrough solutions to switch out of survival mode and approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. Tune in the first and third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific to Empowerment Radio with host Dr. Friedemann Schaub on Transformation Talk Radio. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com to learn more. Known for his keen sense of humor, contagious smile, and extensive esoteric wisdom, EJ translates deep spiritual wisdom into practical advice to empower you to live your happiest, most fulfilled experience. Mystic Living Radio, deep spiritual wisdom, practical advice with EJ, Eliyahu Jihan. This hit show delivers profound experiences for all who want to live life to their deepest desires. Tune in monthly for Mystic Living Radio. Learn more by visiting vitaltransformation.com. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation talk radio. Hi, this is Laura Richer, host of On The Verge Radio. Sometimes you hear encouraging messages like transform your life now, become empowered, create the life you crave, and it all seems overwhelming and you're not sure where to start. I'm here to tell you that self-improvement is not always fun and easy, but it is always worth it. The path to creating positive changes begins with releasing the things that have been holding you back. Then you can create a life that inspires you. I know this because I've done it. You can find out more about what I do by visiting my website, seattlehealinghypnosis.com. I look forward to supporting you on your journey. Welcome back uh, to Empowerment Radio. Uh, We just talked about why millennials are anxious 
And one of the reasons is that overuse of technology, that being glued to the screen, that living in a virtual reality. And, you know, of course, this whole technology issue is well known. And there is a temptation, a temptation to go into the more virtual world because it feels safer and it feels more in control. As I said, you can just swipe left and right and change it as you want to. And also, it just feels in many ways that it may be easier to go there than dealing with real life. Now, one of the issues that uh, my client and friend wrote about was also that feeling of there is a timeline. So you are really pushed in a in a very positive way by your parents, you know, do good grades, and then you have all these extracurricular activities, and then you're going to be prepared for college, and then you are ready to get that great job. And once you have that great job, of course, you're going to then find your mate, and you're going to have a house, and then you're going to buy a dog or have some kids, and it's all beautifully laid out. That's the expectation and the way, you know, the millennials, but also I was certainly raised in that way, is that if you only do what we tell you to do, if you only follow these steps, it's just a simple recipe, your happiness is waiting on the other side. Everything's going to be fine. Now, two things happen, of course. One is that this puts a lot of pressure on you because you're feeling like, well, okay, so Obviously, everything is so easy, so I'm just going to get good grades, get into college, and then boom, I'm going to be happy. And then you find out it doesn't. Now, for millennials, it was with a recession that certainly the jobs were not really as uh, available as you know one would hope for. But then there is also that feeling, well, I have a degree, and I you know cannot really use a degree because it's not very marketable. Or if you're lucky, you have a degree that really gets you a job, but then you feel like, well, is that really fulfilling? Is there really any passion behind it? Is there really purpose behind it? Do I really just want to follow into the footsteps of my parents, which didn't look that happy in the first place? They didn't really look fulfilled. I didn't hear them whistling, going to work. I didn't really feel like they were looking forward to the next 25 years of their job felt like they put all their expectations on us kids to have the happiness that we never had. And so that creates then a huge letdown, a demotivation, a frustration, and certainly anxiety. And and I think, you know, one of the things that I love about that, um, you know, there is from anxiety also in many ways when we don't let ourselves get stuck stopped or trapped by it, something very creative that comes for it, from it, because we are looking for solutions, we're looking for answers. One of those people who did that is my friend Ben Stein, and it's not the actor Ben Stein. Ben Stein, who is now on the show, and I welcome him in a second, who has really set up something fabulous for anyone, not only millennials, to find more purpose and passion in their life. So, Ben, thank you for coming on and, and sharing a little bit about what you offer. Well, thank you for having me, Friedman. Well, you know, you uh, have certainly been 
on that end that I just, just described, you know, doing everything right, but still feeling not very happy and fulfilled. So, so what, what happened with you? What did you do and, uh, and what caused you anxiety? Sure. Um, you know, I fell into the, you know, do, do what you like, do what you enjoy, but, you know, get a good job and get something stable so you can support yourself. So, um, I'm calling from New York City, and, and I had uh, a few jobs over uh, the, the course of my 20s where I, I had an enjoyable job. I was, you know, actually producing animation, and, and it was fun. Um, but I wasn't uh, – after a certain amount of time, I, I became uh, unhappy and um, got very anxious because um, – I felt like something was missing. Um, and much like you started the show off with talking about um, masking that uneasy feeling, that anxiety, um, you know, right. it's easy for me to use drugs and alcohol to kind of mask that. And, um, and that worked for a while until it didn't anymore. So I, I, I couldn't exactly pinpoint it, but I, I knew that there was something more I was meant to do, but I couldn't exactly figure out what it was. So um, one of the things that I did was, um, you know, I went through this course of first um, counseling uh, and then life coaching. And that helped me first um, deal with some baggage from growing up that was holding me back. One of those things was I was using drugs and alcohol, and that also aligns with this technology thing, to mask feelings. I didn't have a mature way of, of grappling with my feelings. And then once um, I kind of reached that level, then it was about, okay, what, what is it that I uh, want? And, and I realized I, I need to have more of an impact in this world. Um, and I wanted to find my purpose, but I didn't know exactly how to, to go about doing that. And then you had this genius idea just to say, okay, I want to have an impact. I want to help others. I don't really know exactly if this is going to be right away my full-time job. But what about creating a summit? And that's your summit that yeah. is coming up. So tell me, tell us about it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll... I'll, I'll um backtrack a, a little bit, but just to uh, uh, set the stage for it, uh, I knew I wanted to have an impact, and I knew I wanted to um, get myself out there, and uh, forgive me, forgive the sirens in the background if you can hear them in New York City. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but I started um, uh, PurposeUp.com, a website and a podcast that was kind of my side hustle. I didn't want to just leave my job, which I still enjoyed and I was still learning, but I knew it wasn't the end goal. And so the thinking was, how can I level up and how can I grow my skill set and how can I expand my network and explore this purpose question while still getting a paycheck and not totally abandoning uh, a stable life? So Purpose Up was born and that was a podcast where I interviewed people that were living a purpose-led life to help inspire others and to explore what the common themes were and tips that these people who were living this life that was aligned with their values, um, how they did that. Um, there's, this, there's this great quote from Gandhi that says, happiness is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are in harmony. 
Uh, and I think that that's a, a great quote because I think a lot of anxiety is um, when one or two of those are, are, are out of alignment. So again, think, say, and, and do are in harmony. So I started the podcast and that was a, a great start. Um, and then to kind of, uh, I got comfortable with that. And I think when we're talking about fear and anxiety, like you said earlier, when you walk into it, that that's almost where the, the gold is. So the next kind of like level for me to challenge myself and get out there bigger was how can I scale my impact bigger and how can I help more people? So that's where this summit, Your Pursuit of Purpose, was born. So what the summit is, it's an interview series with 25 experts. And the goal of the summit is to help you crush fear. It's to help you find your mission uh, and help you make money living your passion. So I think we can all align with the fact that we've got fears and we need better ways to deal with them. Um, we want to hone in on exactly what our mission is if we're unclear about it and, and find a, a oh, way to I just lost you for a second. After you talked about making money, can you just say this again? <laughs> so what I was saying is that we can all align with the fact that we want to um, find a way to deal with fear. We want to hone in what our mission is if we don't know uh, what it is exactly and then live that abundant life that uh, we can align what we're doing, uh, serving others and uh, making a difference in the world and also being able to sustain, sustain ourselves in a comfortable way that we're, uh, that we're not stressed out. So um, including yourself, and, and we talk a lot about uh, fear and anxiety and how to deal with limiting beliefs, and it was a, it was a great interview, um, 24 other experts. So each of these experts uh, come at this um, summit theme from a, from a different perspective. Um, and I think there's so much gold if there's anyone that this speaks to um, to uh, sign up for this interview series. And you can do it at purposeup.com slash fear um, or I'm doing a little A-B test here, purposeup.com slash stress. So you can see which people more click on fear, more people click on stress. Um, <laughs> Excellent. But, uh, you can get... You can get these um, these interviews with some amazing experts. I've got healers because I believe the key to finding your purpose is um, first healing uh, some of the baggage from the past. And, and we talk about some of that. Um, I talk with some energy healers. I talk with some positive psychologists. Uh, and then once you've got uh, some of that um, uh, under your belt, then it's about um, becoming more mindful, right? So it's like the, the idea is that purpose is inside of you. It's not something that you're going to find. Uh, it's something that you need to live. And, and in order to do that, you need to quiet your mind. And, and that's, you know, bridging it back to the, to the top of the show. Um, technology uh, uh, subverts that and it sabotages that. So whether it be meditation, whether it be a, a walk, uh, you need to learn how to get in touch with your intuition and listen to it. And and part of what I was doing was I knew there was intuition. It was like knocking at the door, but I was ignoring it, um, numbing it with alcohol or just um, using fear and overwhelm to say, I know I want to do something more, but I can't. Who am I? I'm an imposter. So I think uh -huh. you can uh, you deal with that fear. Then you can get in touch with that intuition. And then once you follow that and take those steps, then you can start thinking about ways to, okay, how can I grow this bigger? How can I serve people? And how can I get those skills I need to, to be of service? So I see it as this kind of uh, transition from uh, dealing with the past, uh, channeling your intuition, and then realizing, okay, 
how am I here meant to serve? That is just a perfect way of uh, pursuing passion and purpose. And let's just be clear, this doesn't mean that you know everyone has to become a, a coach, a therapist, or working for a nonprofit. I mean, you may find your purpose in creating video games, or you may find your purpose in uh, doing uh, writing, or you may find your purpose in becoming a gardener or serving in any other ways. It's just like something that you know inside of you feels that this is your outlet. This is your inner genius. This is that creative force within that wants to be expressed. And um, and I'm so glad that you put this summit together because I know from uh, the other uh, speakers that you have on there that they have so much to offer and uh, each of them has a special gift that they are also sharing and uh, so it's going to be a great, great event. And can you please give us a website again? Sure. Um, and, and I just want to just one more point. Um, I think the purpose question can be overwhelming, but I think there's kind of like the, the, the really macro view and the really micro view. And the macro mm. view is it's, it's a set of values that is timeless and is separate from the mission. So like you said, with the vocation, you know, I don't know exactly what I need to do in my purpose, but I know spreading the word right now is part of my mission. And if I stay in tune with my intuition, those next steps will become clear. And the really micro version is about being present. So even when you're washing the dishes or you're uh, talking with a loved one, if you can be present, that's part of tapping into that intuition so you can live your purpose in the moment. So purposeup.com, that's purposeup.com slash fear or slash stress. Um, and you'll get so much gold coming into your inbox. And, and I really want to um, help as many people as possible really tap into this so they can feel <clears throat> feel aligned. And when does the summit start? So it starts on Monday, October 9th. So if you go sign up now, um, you'll start getting those, those emails on Monday with the video awesome. interviews. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Ben, for coming on. And, uh, well, you have set up something really helpful and uh, do a great job spreading the word. So thank you for that. And uh, we will be right back after the break talking more about millennial anxiety, being present, relationships, and all those good things. So stay right tuned. insight and practical tools to support you on your spiritual journey access your higher self and tune in every second and fourth thursday at 12 p.m pacific to a life untethered with andrew martin walking the path of freedom andrew is a highly attuned intuitive oracle energy worker spiritual teacher and international radio host for more about andrew and his services visit thelightedones.com Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com.
Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease. Welcome to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat Basile, the host of the Dr. Pat Show, and I am so thrilled that we've created this venue for all of you out there. Dr. Pat Basile will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day. What we have heard is that you want to ensure for us that we keep positive, holistic, uplifting, transformative talk radio on the air. We're excited to bring you the contemporary conversations about Lyme disease. We promise not to let the light fade on Lyme. So fasten your seatbelts. We've got lots more to share with you in the weeks to come. Tune into Lyme Talk Radio with Dr. Pat and help keep our mission strong on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to TransformationRadio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio, and we are talking about anxiety in millennials. And of course, you know this is not an issue, and all the issues we are talking about that are just about millennials. I think a lot that are older or younger can still also relate to many of those things that also Ben shared with us in the segment before. Now, one of the things that, uh, again, my client Sarah was writing about millennials that is a very common issue that creates anxiety are relationships. And here's what she says. I think a lot of millennials are lonely. While we are not the first ones to do so, placing so much responsibility for emotional well-being on a significant other discourages community involvement and friendships. Add to the tendency to communicate via smartphones, mostly in written messages, and millennials just don't seem to be spending enough time in each other's company. Our generation is statistically hanging out with friends less, dating less, and getting out of the house less, meaning that we are physically safer than any other generation before us. Anything goes wrong. Well, and this kind of lack of relationship has also a lot to do with the lack of relationship to yourself. And when you really think about the the way you know we are going about relationships in this regard, let's say we are more virtually connecting or we are more 
looking at uh, that significant person that we feel like we need to find in order to get our life started or in order to get our needs met for that matter, it comes also from a place of not really being able to do this ourselves. Now, this, again, not to blame parents and especially not the boomer parents, but this may have to do also with the helicopter parent of being basically told all the time how special you are and uh, also having that sense always that basically every minute is planned and every activity is already foreseen and there is no space there is no space to learn to be bored there is no space to take care of yourself no space to really figure out your wants and your dislikes and all of this creates a also a disconnect from yourself now one of the things that i find so you know obvious but also kind of interesting to watch which is how little the younger people really have an awareness of what they need. There is a constant lack of sleep, watching too much TV, bad eating habits, living more of caffeine uh, than anything else, uh, no boundaries with work because it's not about hours working, it's about the output and obviously the output is never enough and then you know, this constant connection to the phone, all of this creates a lack. It creates a mixture of self-neglect and self-avoidance. And it just feels like that ultimately millennials especially don't really know how to relate to themselves in a healthy way, meaning like how to nurture your body or how to deal with feeling tired or also like Ben alluded to how to deal with emotions and so anything that somehow appears like a need needs to be squashed and taken care of immediately tired you just drink more caffeine you're stressed you just take some drugs or smoke a joint you're hungry you just take the first thing that comes your way and uh, you shove it in and then, of course, there is also this feeling lonely while you are reaching out to these many friends or you go on Tinder or any other app and, and try to find someone to hook up. But all of this just makes you feel in the end that you're ultimately in survival mode because it's not really fulfilling. It's not really anything that gives you a sense of sustenance. It doesn't give you a sense of closer connection. And this all paired with the, you know, the fact that many millennials are also moving away from home, more like flocking to the bigger metropolitan areas where there is work, where there are opportunities, but this way also more disconnected from their network of those that do actually, you know, look out for them. There is a sense that millennials are often feeling lost. And lost also in a way that they don't even really know any longer. What does actually make me tick? What do I really need? What is it really who I am? And, you know, Ben talked about mindfulness and how 
that being present is one of the keys just to figure all those things out, like maybe listening to the body, maybe listening to, am I hungry or not? What does my body really want? Maybe rather than going onto a, a TV binge or a Netflix binge to fall asleep to, having a routine, a very healthy, unwinding, screen-free, being present routine to give the mind a little space to relax. Because as much as everything around us has changed, as much as technology is taking over our lives, as much as it's easy now just to still any needs with something just we can grab, either virtually or in reality, to make ourselves somehow feel better, our mind, our brain, our body hasn't really kept up with that. Our mind needs exactly that, what it needed 100 years ago, 200 years ago, which means rest, which means sometimes quietness, which means space, which means boredom in order to really function well. And that's the same with the body. The body still needs this healthy mixture of vitamins and proteins and carbohydrates and fat in order to function best. So rather than trying as human beings to keep up with technology, we may have to just slow down and go backwards and say, okay, what are actually the basics that we are totally missing here just because we think we can be as ongoingly working and easily be turned on and off like our smartphones. Now, I have invited another guest who I think can share a little bit about his experiences with this form of modern-day anxiety, I would call it, and also how he overcame it. And uh, so I want to welcome Zach to be on the show. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, hello, Dr. Friedman. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Very good. Well, you have been dealing also with, I think, uh, you could say, sign of the times anxiety and uh, something that, you know, was hitting you kind of out of the blue. And I think it's something that also a lot of people can relate to. Now, we talked about millennials, you know, not knowing exactly what they want or looking for a job. Now, you had actually... Uh, you know, a job that you were thriving in, you had a very successful uh, life and career, and describe to us what happened with your anxiety. How, how did that happen? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I've, um, I've been working with Amazon for, for 12 years, um, so having a, a um, successful career at Amazon uh, you know, got many promotions uh, over the past 12 years. Um, so it's kind of a after the after college job. Um, mm -hmm. And what had happened is is, uh, is during that process, uh, my uh, my source of, of, of excitement and and um, kind of well-being and, and self-worth um, was very much tied to my job and my title and my income and, and the things that I could do to kind of sustain my level of being content, uh, which were all um, external to, to, to myself oh. and were oh. all dependent on, on my income and on my circle of friends, which obviously 
became very similar to my lifestyle, which was that very much uh, that external lifestyle of spending and competition and and um, and uh, you know materialism, if you will, uh, but also just the sense of needing to do more and be more and get more money and buy a, you know better this and do a better that, and so that ultimately led to all of the things that I wanted to achieve that would make me feel successful and happy. And I was successful in a sense of career, but I was the least happy that I have been ever. Um, and so my, my, my question then was, you know, when I, when I reached that point of collapses of extreme anxiety and, 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 and depression is, um, the equation of happiness that I understood it to be and that society has, has kind of helped guide me towards is just not right. So logically speaking, um, the, the equation leading to happiness was just not leading to happiness for me. And so I had to kind of stop and, and, uh, and, uh, and really rethink my complete lifestyle in a way and, and how I do things and how I spend my time and, and what I value. But, you know, for you, it was also, I mean, certainly you would, looking back, say you were using material things and, uh, and spending money and so on as a form of distraction. But was it also true that you felt kind of, I'm looking for happiness in relationships, you know, finding self-worth in love or in, you know, finding that person that can make me feel better about myself? And how did that work out for you? Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> um, so well, it, it didn't work out. Um, so I had to, you know, I was in a relationship that I fought very hard for, and and, um, and it was a relationship with with you know a beautiful girl, and and that I you know thought you know that was uh, a big part of like my achievement to have to have the job, to have the car, to have the house, and to have the beautiful girl, and and to rely on that relationship for for fulfillment. Um, but even the, the romantic relationship, because I had strayed so far away from my true self and from what really who I am, uh, you know, internally, um, I kind of became a part of a, a new environment and, and a relationship that really didn't fulfill me. Um, and it was just kind of an accessory. Uh, it wasn't really um, a deep, fulfilling connection um, that, that, that kind of helped me be content. Mm. Now, you were reaching out to me, you know, kind of the height of your anxiety and also depression. And I think this was both really, you know, not only making you feel stuck, but it also made you question yourself and uh, not really knowing how to move forward. And, uh, and you did work on yourself. And so what would you say you discovered about yourself and would you agree that the anxiety in some ways you could say was the best thing that ever happened to you because it made you wake up? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a painful realization. Um, and it's a, it, it is a, it is work. It is hard work. It is daily work. It is a commitment to, to, uh, to, uh, to my, to myself and to, to, uh, figuring things out and, and really understanding who I am and, and what, you know, what kind of fulfills me. Um, I did, uh, you know, I took three months off, uh, you know, I went on three months uh, medical leave, which again, um, because in my case, I was really at the point of collapse and, and I was 
you know, extremely anxious and depressed, and I was suicidal at the time. I had suicidal thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. And so I really had to stop um, kind of, you know, running around and pretending everything was okay and just try to, you know, band-aid things. So I had to literally stop everything because I physically was getting close to, to, uh, to shut down. Um, and so that's when I uh, was doing a lot more of the kind of spiritual research and the, and the neuroscientist research or neuroscience research. And I, I came across um, uh, Dr. Schaub's work. Uh, and I ordered his book and I read it and, and, um, and immediately after I started reading the book and, and uh, seeing some of the videos on YouTube, um, it just clicked for me, you know, and, and, and it made sense, right? So, um, you know, from a logical perspective, it just made sense because a lot of the conversations or the things that I had heard before are, hey, how to cope with anxiety or how, how to cope with depression, I didn't just want to cope with it. I I wanted to get rid of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The idea of just coping did not seem pleasant to me. It's kind of like taking a pill that sustains something that's just not natural. So... Um, so then I, you know, obviously connected with the with the with Dr. Schaub here, and and, um, and that was, um, you know, uh, kind of the the the, the really at, at the point of collapse is when I reached out and and uh, started working uh, with Dr. Schaub over over uh, just a short few months. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was doing you know a lot of other work along those lines and. A lot of it was was inspired and guided by Dr. Schaub and, and uh, kind of I built up on some other practices that I had um, that, that helped me get out of that world or get out of that lifestyle. And, and uh, you know, I still work at Amazon. I still have a successful career, but I live a much happier, much more stable life. Um, and I do a lot more of the things that actually matter to me. Um, so, yeah. But would you say that, uh, you know, again, that when you were anxious... Um, you know, it was somehow a sign now looking back that, well, you were not on the right track. You were not living a meaningful, purposeful life. You were not really connected to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, in, in terms of um, like logically and emotionally, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing certain things and I don't feel good, I should be doing something else. Um, and uh-huh. so when I when, when I stopped and, and actually and, and it's not just like a split second realization and everything goes to to this uh, you know happy mode, it's uh, it's a realization that's that's scary, uh, but that's followed by by uh, by work to actually um, you know move to the other side of it. Um, and so yeah, uh-huh. so the anxiety I think for me was was. Uh, you know, and I like the way uh, you know you, you describe it. Is, is um, it's it's kind of like the subconscious or, or the soul or the or the heart, kind of saying, "Hey, no, this is not right. This doesn't feel good. You're you know, this, there's something here that's not right." And and so listening to that anxiety and really just uh, being with it and, and working through it and, and try to understand where it's coming from. You know, what's what's triggering the anxiety. Um, you know, was key for me. And then I worked on those things that triggered anxiety through, um, you know, um, working w- with, uh, you know, with therapy mm-hmm. and, and uh, reading mm-hmm. and meditating and and, uh, and doing, you know, a lot of different things kind of uh, beca- that became part of my daily practice until today that I do um, on a regular basis to, to, uh, to take that tool, to take that blessing, which is anxiety or which is depression, to move away from an unhealthy mind state or unhealthy lifestyle, which typically leads to an unhealthy, unhealthy mind state, to, to move to a healthier place. 
Would you say that your values on what's important to you in life have changed through this journey? Oh, tremendously, yeah. Um, so I, I lived uh, about seven years um, or seven or eight years where I was basically um, making more money or getting the next promotion was on my mind. And by the time I got that next promotion, I was already thinking about the next one after that. Um, and, uh, it was the same with relationships of, of, uh, trying to, you know, kind of, um, you know, find someone who's extremely good looking and then try to fix them so that they fit my, my picture of what is ideal. Um, right. and also in terms of, of, uh, of, uh, really just, uh, uh, you know, uh, trying to find happiness in those, in those momentary highs of, of buying something new and going on a fancy trip or, or staying in a fancy hotel or whatever that is. Um, I, and, and, uh, I've always loved music and I've always, um, you know, kind of appreciated the spirituality in a way. So, um, I, my, my life has changed quite a bit and, and my values have changed quite a lot. So, um, I approach work with a lot more relaxed mind. I am not in a rush. Uh, I am not gunning for that promotion. I just focus on doing the right things. And if that promotion happens, that's great. And when it happens, that's great. But, uh, my focus is on just doing the right things every day and, and being content and being patient with myself every day as much as I can be and being as present as I can be every day and every hour and every minute um, and, and doing the things that I actually truly enjoy for myself without any pressures, which is, you know, playing percussion, hand drums, playing music, playing on a couple of different bands now, um, you know, spending more time outside by, you know, by the trees, by nature, uh, meditating every morning when I wake up, um, you know, uh, being kinder to people, being less reactive, try to be more understanding. And so th those things are just, uh, you know, just really uh, feel really good for me. And, and, you know, everybody's got different things that, that they feel really good doing uh, naturally and without any external pressure. And I feel that that's kind of just the soul and the mind and the subconscious and, and the heart kind of guiding us to those things. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I wasn't listening to those things in the past, but now I am. Well, that's just very in inspirational. And I just loved, uh, you know, watching your journey and you becoming more and more in touch with what is true to you. And so thank you so much, uh, Zach, for sharing it. I know a lot of people do feel, you know, touched by this complete turnaround. And it uh, is a turnaround where you obviously felt like, you know, this anxiety is not something that was, uh, you know, a sign that there is something wrong with you, but a sign that there is something wrong with how you lived life and that you really just felt, I need to make a shift internally and how I approach life in order to, it's not crushing, it's not getting rid of anxiety, it's literally just understanding it and then growing beyond its root causes and you're such a wonderful example of it and so thank you so much for sharing and uh, I know we'll stay in touch and uh, wish you all the best. Yeah, thank you very much and, and again I really appreciate your support and and uh you know your your publications and the videos and I I uh you know I'm I'm definitely in touch with your content and look forward to uh, catching up soon. Thank you. Okay. Well, that's another hour of Empowerment Radio and uh I hope it is inspiring to just see that there are ways to 
understand that also the anxiety with millennials is not about uh, this is a fact of life they you know have to deal with like all of us when we are anxious we can see it more as that inner voice that does guide us ultimately to a path that is more in alignment with who we are life is too precious and it's also too short just to live it on autopilot and continue to distract ourselves and continue to numb ourselves out or just surrender to that what we feel is well life is harsh so we just have to make it through like einstein said learn from yesterday live for today hope for tomorrow but the important thing is to not stop questioning with that in mind have a wonderful rest of the week and uh, we will have another show in two weeks Take care. Goodbye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Join Dr. Friedemann the first and third Wednesday each month at 11 a.m. Pacific as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. Discover how you can use the power of your mind to overcome stress, anxiety, and overwhelm and create a solid foundation of confidence and self-esteem. Learn cutting-edge tools so that you can approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. To learn more about what Dr. Schaub can do for you, visit the fearandanxietysolution.com.